What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 543rd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me today is Hannah. I am back. Hello. Hannah, you gotta, we, we gotta get the listeners up to speed. One fact about you. Oh, <laughs> don't be so surprising like that. Uh, one <laughs> fact about me is that I was a high school wrestler. All through high school, I was on the wrestling team, and I was the captain of the wrestling team for the last two years. So that's not a Pokemon fact, but it's a pretty fun fact. All right, well, the podcast isn't going to get any more exciting, so thanks for listening. <laughs> See you Bye, all everybody. next week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Uh, Bob is back as well. Yeah, Steve invited me back, so I do apologize to everybody. So, oh. uh... <laughs> uh, Bob, uh, a fact about you. I mean, you probably know this, but I always feel like I should say it. Uh, I lost on two national televised game shows. And, it is, and it, it, is, it is my claim to fame. I actually have two times game show loser in my LinkedIn profile and Twitter. So I, I, th- I think the one of them I know, which is the $10,000 pyramid, right? Uh, $100,000 pyramid. $100,000. Uh, that was back in 2016 on ABC. And then there was a show back in 2009 on the game show network called Chain Reaction. And I was a dumb 19-year-old. That decided oh. to go to New York City for a day to go on a word game show, and we got slaughtered. So there we go. Was that one a team? It was a team. Yeah, it was like me okay. and my two friends. We just skipped school one day to go on this cable access game, not cable access, but <laughs> a cable game show. Um, but it was lots of fun. I, I had a great time. But I'm hoping kind of third an amazing story. To, oh, thank you. Third time's the charm. So the third show, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'll let you know when that is. What would what what is the what is the dream game show? I always wanted to do Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but um, since that's no longer on the air, my best my best chance is probably Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> People like Wheel of Fortune, so, though. I, I Listen, I get to spin a wheel, and it's a word game. Cause Pyramid's a word game. Chain Reaction was a word game. I should probably keep that uh, together. Got it. I feel yeah. like my toxic trait is thinking I can win a game show, when in reality, I can't. Ah, go on oh, deal I- or no deal. You'll be good. <laughs> I know I can't, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a, a loaded episode for y'all today. Uh, for the purposes of Scarlet and Violet, uh, there will, of course, still be no story spoilers. Uh, although we'll be talking about Charizard raids and possible counters for the Charizard raids, so they might include new Pokemon. Um, but, you know, if you haven't seen credits, you don't have to worry about story stuff. Uh, the miniseries is all done. We was called Super Picnic Club. Uh, all those episodes are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. For some reason, episode four is missing on Stitcher. I don't know why. I I, I cannot fix this. If uh, just uh, again behind the scenes of podcasting, I upload in two places. I guess three places. One is specifically YouTube because it's video, and then one is the main podcast feed that goes out to. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Pandora goes out to all of those. So I only upload it once, and then all those sites they like suck it up like a like a, a Roomba. And then the last place I upload is specifically the premium feed, specifically to Patreon and Apple Podcasts. So when when somebody's like, "Oh, Stitcher's broken," I don't specifically upload a Stitcher. They just suck it up, and so I have no clue why episode four is missing. And there's nothing I can do besides hit the refresh button. And it doesn't work. So I'm sorry to any Stitcher people. There is an episode four, I promise you. It's somewhere. Podcasting is a little weird. So those are all out there. Uh, we Sirius was called Super Picnic Club. We never once talked about picnics. Very, very powerful. 
<laughs> Very par for the course. <laughs> we do have a lot of Pokemon news today, uh, surprisingly, for December. Um, so we'll try to get through all of this. The first one, I just think is cool Pokemon news, I guess. Uh, I kind of wish I knew this was a thing when I was in Korea, but I think it just started like a couple weeks ago, so I would have missed it anyways. They've done this time to time. I think in the... I, how long have I been doing this show? Way too long. On the 12 years I've been doing this show, I think I think this pops up every like two or three years that there is a limited Pokemon-themed hotel. Well, there's another one. Um, this is off <laughs> NintendoSoup.com. Uh, South Korean hotel Seoul Dragon City is running a Pokemon-themed hotel package for a limited time. From now until February 15th, you can get a Pokemon-themed room stock with a ver- variety of limited edition goods, including plushies, blankets, stickers, more. This package includes a breakfast for two, as well as access to pool and gym facilities. They are now part of the Novell brand within Dragon City. And that's about it. Uh, it looks really great. Um, Does it? Yeah, it's cute. It's <laughs> tiny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you compare it to the other pokemon hotel rooms that have been out there i like that it's stylized Mm -hmm. that it's not just pictures of the pokemon that's one of the problems i have with pokemon merch that it's usually just the stock pictures of the pokemon this one is actually kind of stylized (laughs) (laughs) yeah can you keep can you keep these plushies or do they stay in the room that's what i want to know don't know i went to a hotel at twitchcon and they had like a dog plushie Mm-hmm. And they said you could take the dog plushie, but they would charge you $35, but they would donate that $35 to charity. Okay, that's a plus side, so like, they, you can they, take it. <laughs> they had like pillows, too, and they were like, you can take the pillows, but we'll charge you and then donate mm. it to charity. So, Okay. When I read this as like gym facilities, I mean, come on. I'm like, oh, Pokemon gym? Come on, have that theme, get the, <laughs> get the, get the music playing, you go into the gym, get do your elliptical workout, then you, got, you get some... Uh, Scarlet and Violet music playing. That'd be pretty cool. But I think I think this is nice. I think if you know if you're going on vacation, like honestly, Steve, when you went to um South Korea, this would have been great for you to be yeah. used to available. But I think it's great for two people. Like if it's a good deal, you get breakfast and you get some uh good uh, amenities, and if you can get the plushies to take home. I love that uh giant Pikachu plush in the background for those um viewing the link somewhere, but it's 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 really cool. I like it. The thing that took me like two days to realize in south korea was that there was gas masks everywhere Mm. like not like face masks like actual like gas masks from like fallout and like they're in your hotel room they're in the subway they're once you see them you're like oh you we can just be bombed at any time and uh in case you need a gas mask they're everywhere <laughs> it's a little jarring it is wow. but considerate it's considerate <laughs> i guess it's just the landscape of the world we live in i guess just be prepared and uh, yeah better, better, better mean, to have than, than you know than not have it so you know to be yeah, fair I south mean, south korea and japan are very close to mm-hmm. north korea <laughs> Can't say I've ever seen that in a K drama, but good to know. Yeah, it's good to know that there are there is indeed a gas mask underneath my refrigerator that I can grab at any moment. <laughs> I will say though, too, uh, I just booked a hotel for Las Vegas for the uh, Pokemon Go thing, and it's still shocking to me how cheap hotels were in South Korea and Japan and Germany. Like I looked at my Germany hotel, and it was like. 
five days for like three hundred dollars and i love that hotel was nice minus like the air conditioning the hotel didn't have air conditioning but that's yeah. most of germany which makes me never want to go back to germany because i want to <laughs> see but the las vegas hotel nowhere near three hundred dollars no. significantly more of course well i think international travel i feel is like much cheaper now than domestic traveling like if you want to go like across the country you're probably gonna pay double for a you know, plane ticket and accommodations. Then let's say you want to go to like I don't know London for a week. Like I want to go back to London. And it's like it's cheaper to go to London than to like San Jose sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, what is this? London's probably <laughs> much more exciting than in San Jose. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, Hannah foreshadowed here. Uh, speaking of just slapping Pokemon images on things, uh, the hundreds. Reveals its complete Pokemon collection. This is off HypeBeast.com. I want... Look, I, I never heard of Millionaire Boys, Millionaire... Whatever that one was. That was. I think it was the Billionaire Boys Club. I think so, yes. Pharrell Williams. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is another very high-end designer. Let's see. It says, uh, bringing elements of Pokemon universe to life. The duo has looked back. Oh, the hundreds is... Did they say who it's by? Teaser from Bobby Hundred. Who is Bobby Hundred? Who is that? I don't know who Bobby Hundred is, but them and them and Pokemon. It looks like Bobby Hundred is into NFTs. That's you know makes oh. sense. Uh, fan favorite of Pokemon, including uh, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, joined by Cubone, Mewtwo, of course, Pikachu. Uh, various designs from the iconic Pokemon. Notable pieces are a Letterman jacket, uh, a cardigan sweater. The ash hat, which I think caught a lot of people's attention. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're not following fashion or you're not following these big drops, I think the ash hat alone probably mm -hmm. made it somewhere in front of you on social media or something. But the ash ketchum hat was a strap back uh, made of premium wool and leather. It's the best looking ash hat they've made for a while. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, this drop and happened on, I think... Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I, I clicked on it. I was like, I bet I bet a t-shirt's going to be 50 bucks. Yeah. The t-shirt was Easily. indeed $50. I think the Letterman jacket was 200 which you could argue isn't the worst for a jacket Pokemon themed. Like, jackets are pretty, you know, not a $50 t-shirt, that's for sure. Yeah. Leatherman jackets in particular are also pretty expensive. I I never got one in high school, even though I had a bunch of letters because they were just too expensive. Yeah. And you were captain of the wrestling team. They should have got <laughs> you one. It didn't come with the package. It didn't come with the package. Nope, did not. I got a Starbucks gift card instead. <laughs> I looked. So here's the thing. I looked at the cardigan because I've been told for many years I would look good in a cardigan. And I went to H&M, like, a month ago, and they had an $80 cardigan, and I was like, what? I'm not spending $80 on a cardigan. The Pokemon cardigan was $120, mm -hmm. and I was like, ah, the Pokemon tax. I, I like the cardigan the best out of all this. Like, well, the Ash hat was great. Fantastic. I just don't yeah. wear hats, although I'm assuming most people buying these hats probably not wearing them. Cardigan was $129. I was like, ah, let me finish editing this podcast. I'll come back. 
And then about two hours later, I went back and it was it it and everything else was pretty much sold out. Besides, like the T-shirt, like the Letterman jacket, I think sold out. The Ash hat for sure sold out instantly. The Letterman jacket sold out. Cardigan sold mm-hmm. out. All the interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pr- price was never a factor here. Like. As much as somebody could be like, I would never pay $50 for a t-shirt, you don't worry. Somebody else will. And they they did. I think the whole set is sold out. <laughs> but just like the... This is what I don't get. Just like the billionaire boys or whatever that was. These designs are so just like... Not like clip Boring. art almost. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say some of the uh, clothing, and I, I think the hat's the best part of, of this entire package. The socks, I would probably get the socks myself. But I look at some of the uh, apparel they have and that giant Pokemon logo. This is like something I would probably see in like a department store. I'm not trying to like, you know, you know, maybe I'm trying to like say this is not a good design. But yeah, like just the giant logo. Like I, I love the Mewtwo shirt. I think the Mewtwo shirt's really cool with the design and just the um and I like subtle Pokemon design on some clothing. Like I think on the Pokemon website when they had uh Omacat, when they had like those sweat those sweaters with different Pokemon designs. Yeah. That was really that was really mm-hmm. cool. And I really like that when they have a different, unique take on showing different Pokemon and having the color of the shirt represent the the, uh, the typing of the Pokemon. Some of these outfits, I mean I probably wouldn't buy something with a giant Pokemon logo stamped on top of it. I'd probably more I probably buy more of the subtle clothing, like the Mewtwo one, the hat, or even the one. <laughs> I feel like the with oh, just if, if it just says Pokemon, I feel like that's what you get at like Target for like exactly. 20 bucks, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We have Pokemon at home. It's called the Target shirt. Like the like this this hoodie is still in stock. Hoodie, zippy. If Al was here, I think he'd call it. No, it's there's no zipper, so it's not a zippy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hundred dollar hoodie, and it just says the hundreds, and there's just a it, it, very tiny it, by the way, and there's just a little Pikachu in between the word the and hundreds, and it's mm-hmm. like this didn't sell out, but also there what there's nothing special about. Th- I mean, I, I I'm it comes sure in three different uh, colors. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the you know it, it's fle- it's fleece lined. That means it's probably a thicker hoodie, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, split stitch, double needle in the seams. I seems like it'll last forever. There, you know, you got a set in rib collar with shoulder taping. I, 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 as far as hoodies go, seems like a nice hoodie. But like, if I'm I'm paying also the Pokemon tax, and there's barely any Pokemon on this hoodie. <laughs> You <laughs> want something, just a little something. Yeah, I mean, I like, um, yeah, I, I think there was one I saw, it, it had the hundreds, but it actually had a Cubone on it, which is, which is nice. And it had like the lettering in, in the bones. And I think that's pretty cool to kind of like uh, have a yeah. recognizable the Pokemon Cubone on one. there. That the was Cubone cute. one has bones on the arms and that's kind of a cool touch. That's cool. Yeah. But the clip art stuff, I'm not going to drop, you know, three figures on something like that. Uh, the hat, I, I think to your point, Hannah, that the hat was just was really good. So if you're if you're cosplaying Ash or you just want to have it like a Pokemon item in your house to represent Ash and then just the nostalgia fact, that hat, I can see why it sold out. But yeah. other than that, like I said, probably the socks for me would, would be would be my extent of, of a person. I am so surprised the hat wasn't hundred bucks. Because it would have sold out just just as fast. Oh, bites, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that, yeah, that no, was... I, have, I have an ash hat from 20 years ago, and that was not surpassed 
in that I still think that that was the best Ash hat that had been out there until maybe this one. Yeah. Wow. I lo- I think I would more be more likely to pull a trigger on a hoodie or a shirt if if just the designs like stood out. This is like the weirdest. Maybe I don't understand premium fashion. It just is so weird to me that like this $120 hoodie just says Pokemon on it and then in lower in smaller font says the hundreds. It's like but what 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 am I paying for? <laughs> I'm also I'm also when when I try to buy clothing online and because I fluctuate between sizes like really easily. I'm always afraid I'm gonna buy a size online, whether it's a sweatshirt or a jacket or a t-shirt, and it's always gonna be one size too small. And that's why I'm always hesitant on buying clothing online. If I go to a store and try it on, and obviously if it fits, I buy it. If not, I get one size up or one size down. But I'm, I don't know if, if any of you have come across that issue where these different companies, if you buy something and you think it's in your size, it's like, well, I spent $100, $200 and it's one size too small and I don't know what to do. Can I return it? Did I have a return policy? <laughs> what do I do with my life? I don't know. I can tell you that the, the billionaire boys, whatever, uh, they sent me a shirt. Mm-hmm. They sent me the Mewtwo one. And it's like I, I, I took it out of the plastic sleeve it came in or whatever because that made it fancier i guess and it's i can already say say it's too bad like i've never worn it but i can tell you it's way too big it, mm-hmm. it's very much like maybe maybe not maybe not too big is the right word it's just very like relaxed oversized is like the fit mm-hmm. for that particular brand and i was like oh i I don't like this. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll let it like not the I'll, style you're going for. I'll, I'll put I'll put it next to the ancient Mew, next to the Burger King uh, go. gold co- gold cards. I'll let it appreciate in value a little bit. Um, maybe you know in 20 years, the, somebody will be like, "Man, remember that billionaire boy drop? <laughs> I wish I could find one of those T-shirts." And then you'll get into a Nintendo Life article, be like, this guy has the most rarest shirt ever, and it's can pay off your mortgage. Oh, yeah, a hundred of these shirts were made. <laughs> Going for however much on eBay. Oh, I'm actually, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this stuff is on eBay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like this cardigan, though. It is. It, it's bright it, yellow. Yeah. <laughs> do a little yellow in my life. Hey, 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 it is seven gauge acrylic neon wool and mohair blend. I don't know what any of that means. Sounds premium, though. Sounds fancy. Hold the phone. Sounds sounds like $129. (laughs) Speaking of fancy, we now have official. There's not really an article for this, except like a couple people verified from the TCG set. Uh, We now have official recognition. Uh, I was wrong. I will admit, I did not think Gen 9 was going to go over a thousand Pokemon. I thought they were going to save that for Gen 10. I don't know if to me that just seemed like a 10 years, a thousand Pokemon kind of celebration. And I was like, they're going to make a big deal about the a thousand Pokemon. Uh, they haven't. They didn't yet. Uh, uh, but we now know who the a thousand Pokemon is. It is a Golden Go or Goldengo. I'm not sure how to say it uh, because both sound okay. <laughs> <laughs> I say Goldengo. I think I think that's how I saw it. I've been reading it Golden Go. Yeah, okay. I. It, we gotta wait for the anime, I guess, because I I <laughs> don't know. I, I I sincerely don't know which one it would be. 
Um, that is the 1,000th Pokemon, uh, which makes Gimme Ghoul the 999th Pokemon. I think it is fitting in the sense that you do have to collect mm-hmm. pretty much 1,000 co- or 999 coins to evolve Gimme Ghoul into Goldengo. Golden Go. There is something... I guess I guess we can talk about this. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this Pokemon are, but it is it, it, like people have thoughts on this Pokemon. It is <laughs> yeah, they do. like like somebody will look at like Spydops and be like, "Yep, that's a Pokemon I'll never think about again," which is fair. Yep, fair. Some people like Spydops. My opinion is like I will probably never put this on a team or never. I don't even know what its ability is. I have zero was- interest in Spydops. It was the only Pokemon on my team that could learn False Swipe, so it stayed on my team all throughout until I got to Champion. So I'm a nice. little bit fond of it. But there's a handful of Pokemon that you would never think about again. I think I think Golden Go could push the lines of a like a, for some people a, like a Vanillite or a Trubbish of like mm-hmm. people either love it or hate it. Uh, but what are your guys' thoughts? It looks like a '90s mascot from like a cartoon. A box of cereal. Um, <laughs> I've seen string cheese comparisons to to Goldengo. Oh, yeah. um, I will say, um, from a uh, VGC competitive uh, standpoint, I've been seeing this Pokemon on a lot of teams. Uh, it's been viable from what I've seen from the Series One VGC uh, games, especially when it has a uh, like. I think its move is like Make It Rain, where it can, Make It Rain, which is a, which is a beautiful. Mm. Oh, beautiful. I, I think a lot of these names are getting really good from Pokemon Company. I really do enjoy it. Um, I, I know the shiny is one of the worst shinies I think they've ever created uh, because it's like no, di- I think the belt's different in, in shiny form of, of Goldango. But other yes, than that, and I it's currently locked as well. So it's currently locked. So you can't, you know, if, if you get one, don't, it, it, it's not real yet. Don't, yeah, we don't. Get rid of it. Uh, so to follow up on what Bob said, Goldengo is the number one most used competitive Pokemon right now. It is on thirty percent of teams, which is which is a lot. Uh, <laughs> that is that is a lot. Um, there is a good variety in season one. Um, but just in in perspective, though, when we ended series thirteen or fourteen in Sword and Shield, uh, Incineroar was on sixty four percent of teams. Um, <laughs> but Incineroar is a support Pokemon. Yep. So it could fit easily. Uh, Goldengo is a main attacking Pokemon, so that would be closer to like a Zacian or a Kyogre or a Groudon. You you want to do damage with it. Hannah, what are your thoughts on uh, Goldengo? Visually, I agree that it just looks like a mascot. I think it looks like one of those waving things outside of a car oh, sales yeah, place. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> 100%. That is the first thing I thought of. But... Competitively, I've heard some people saying that it's kind of an early competitive Pokemon and that once people get more used to the range of what's available in these games, that it'll start to fall off. That's maybe possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally possible. I mean, we, we saw like Togekiss be very dominant for like four seasons and then completely disappear and vanish. <laughs> uh, it does. It does have the signature move. Make it rain. Which does 120 damage. It's 100% accurate. Uh, it's a special attacker, which is really great for Intimidators. Although, all they had to do was introduce one new held item. And now Intimidate seems completely useless uh, yep. in this yep. in this series, which is pretty crazy. Um, it also, I, I think its ability also is what propelled it to number one here. Its ability is good as gold, which is it's on, the only Pokemon that can learn it. Uh, this Pokemon with this ability is unaffected by other status type moves. So momentum, 
fails and the user does not faint. So actually probably okay for shiny hunting uh, <laughs> because they can't momentum you. Uh, momento. Uh, curse used by a ghost type Pokemon will fail without uh, reducing HP. Strength, sa- strength sap will fail. And then obviously uh, the ability actually states a, po- a body pure solid gold and gives the Pokemon full immunity to other Pokemon's status type moves. So you can't burn it. You can't confuse it. You can't confuse it. You can't paralyze it. All very good things, right? Like, uh, especially in competitive. uh, Paralyzing the other Pokemon is a form of speed control. It's a form of speed control that I personally like uh, until I miss my 90% Thunder Wave. Uh, (laughs) So you have a very powerful attacker. Um, its special attack is 133, crazy high. Really uh, it has high, an incredible yeah. typing, incredible signature move of make it rain. Um, and then you have this like goofy design. So <laughs> in the sense of going back to making the 1,000th Pokemon special, it, it does seem that it is special. They have a very specific way to evolve it. It has that tie-in with Pokemon Go. Um, they just haven't promoted it yet. So I don't know if they're mm-hmm. waiting for the TCG or the anime or what they're doing to like show it off. But there it's was uh, that one video for its pre-evolution when it started tying in with Pokemon Go. Oh, the walking one? Uh, the cool video with both the professors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had that little storybook in there mm-hmm, talking about mm-hmm. how it would eventually evolve after picking up all the coins. And that seems like maybe they could continue off of that. Mm-hmm. They might not. I would not be surprised if this Pokemon gets its own like box TCG special pack. Uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine they mm-hmm. don't make a big deal about this Pokemon. Uh, also, randomly, like, have you guys walked with this thing? It like just shows up on a surfboard. No, I have not, and that is news to me. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. excited. If you okay. wa- if you walk with it, he like surfs behind you. Like he has a surfboard. Like he is really oh. mascotty in the way of like '90s mascots. Like I don't think that I don't think that's a coincidence either. I think that's what he was like designed after. I googled just the Pokédex um, snapshot, like, like if from Scarlet and Violet, when you catch a Pokémon and it shows that snapshot uh, in the book. It's kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, you're right. The '90s vibes. I'm here for it. Um, I think we'll see more of this Pokemon in the future. Uh, uh, to both your points, um, especially anime or tie-ins with. I think especially with Pokemon Go, because since we've already seen Gimme Ghoul in the wild, I'm sure something will come about with uh, with this uh, uh, Goldango. But yeah, I mean, I. It, to me, it's fine. I think um, we'll see in VGC for a bit. I think it's a, like a really solid answer to a lot of VGC uh, shenanigans that's out there. And for someone like me who just got back into VGC and trying to figure out what do all these Pokemon do? What's this type? <laughs> oh my goodness, my strategy is ruined. Um, I will say, I think having this like on your team, just like in the back, just to bring out like late game even, just say, hey, you know what? I'm down two Pokemon. Let me bring out Goldango. Let me just start going ham on you. You can't affect me. Here's a hard-hitting Make It Rain hit. Uh, I think we'll see it for a while uh, in competitive, and I think we'll see more of it just in in the media. You know, when people are like, I don't get why Game Freak shiny locks stuff. This is a really good case in point why they shiny locked it, because they are going to do a huge tie-in with Go. They're going to yep. do like another <laughs> Meltan Melmetal situation. 
they're going ideally or hopefully when they celebrate that this is the a thousandth pokemon to make this a big deal they're probably going to be like and you can get a shiny one this weekend in pokemon go it is free to play (laughs) please doubt like there's no way that they're not going to use both games to advertise each other um yeah because i think i think they said like you'll be able to get gimme ghoul outside of its chest yep in pokemon Pokemon go Go. Mm -hmm. Um, do either of you think that the gimme ghoul that you get from go might evolve into a different form of golden go oh i don't know that's interesting hmm. probably not not, but it's something i have thought of yeah well they said that the you'd be able to do it in like spring or something Mm -hmm. they did say like early 2023 for that event um now we know that gimme ghoul evolves yeah i i don't know i like i like golden go uh speaking of scarlet and violet charizard is coming back but we we're gonna take a break real quick and when we come back, we will talk about uh, that I just hate everyone that brings Azumarill to every single raid. <laughs> and this is going to be my PSA for the next 30 minutes. Uh, we will be right back. And we are back from our break. And let's uh, Charizard's coming back. We're back. Charizard's coming back. What a time <laughs> to be alive. So we're recording this on December 11th, which means this podcast will go up on December 12th. Uh, Charizard should return at 12 a.m. UTC time. That is probably 6 to 7 p.m. I can't remember. Daylight savings time. Uh, 6 to 7 p.m. (laughs) on Thursday the 15th. uh, And then it will go until 6 to 7 on the 18th. So you'll have all weekend, although that's also Community Day weekend, to do Charizard. This is the second time. We'll see if they changed it in any way. Probably, maybe, probably not. Uh, it's probably gonna be the same. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Um, they could maybe. Uh, there could possibly be an update around this time. Um, I was I was pretty confident our first update was going to be when they were going to open up competitive. That did happen because they had to fix competitive. Also, the same time Charizard appeared. There could be another update around this time. There was issues with the Charizard raid. I don't know if you have experienced this, but pretty much like its health bar would just uh, randomly go back up to halfway uh, when it was down Mm -hmm. to a sliver. People said that that was because that it had more health than what was showing. So when you were doing so much damage, it wasn't calculating it fast enough. And that's why it was jumping back up. I don't know if that's true. I don't think people care if that's true or not. People just go, well, it had one HP yeah. and now it has 50 H. 50. That seems like a bug either way. Right. Correct. Like, I don't think yeah. that reasoning makes it any more acceptable. It had, <laughs> it was almost dead and now it's not almost dead and we lost. <laughs> I think that is, that is, that is what people are upset about. I have opinions about this, right? How did you guys feel about it? If you guys did it or not do it? I know, I don't think Hannah finished the game at that point, but I think you, you could have still joined raids uh i think i'd finish the game but i would i didn't have time to build a pokemon for it so i didn't get any done yeah i had uh some friends lend me some pokemon uh and i got all the ones that people were using uh i got the grim snarl uh i got the uh dox bun uh i got <laughs> even an Azumarill just because mm-hmm. uh, yolo um but no i i i did them and i i knew right after the bat the whole azumarill strat was just bad 
and I have encountered the whole HP going to one and then me celebrating and then it jumps up back halfway and I go, this is shenanigans. I beat this thing. <laughs> What's going on? But then, you know, as time went on and, you know, Steve, you, you'll probably talk more about this in a little bit. We, we found out that we actually found Pokemon that actually were effective against this battle. Like it's a level 100 Charizard. You really need to bring level 100 Pokemon in this, and you should really be coordinating four human players. I don't think you can really solo this. Soloing is actually easier. Really? Okay, so I haven't done it. So um, I haven't, maybe you can help me figure that out because I tried and I'm a bad player. Apparently, but because I because I was using Grimmsnarl because well in in four person raids I was playing support I was doing Grimmsnarl with like the light screen and then the fake tears and getting all that off but um yeah maybe you can give me some advice on soloing <laughs> yeah I knew people who were still having trouble with it by the end of the weekend so soloing is easier yeah so it seems like it, this is even a thing with six star raids and five star raids that soloing seems to be easier because the thing in solo is if your NPCs die. Uh, faint sorry if they faint there is no penalty there is no three minute oh, penalty that's right oh i forgot Interesting. so a lot of solo players would use like a flutter main or a zoomeral and they would um they would like a flutter main would would call mine or fake tears i can't remember which one it gets and then do that a couple times and then just start moon blasting and mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter if charizard knocks out the other ones it's fine the computers are smarter than humans and i I, I, because the computers will will, they they know that the cheer button exists where Uh where like there are just there are just human players out there that refuse to use those buttons they would rather Mm -hmm. just hit like crunch or whatever move over and over again instead of being like you realize if you like cheer attack boost and then you crunch like your second like like it's like basic math right because it doubles it so it's like mm-hmm. crunch is 50 second crunch is 100 third crunch is 150 for this is they should have taught it in the math class and then if you if you cheer yes. your first crunch is the, uh, 100 200 three like it just stacks like uh. but the the npcs will heal you and they will cheer uh mm-hmm. and when they faint there's no penalty so when you weigh the two of like do you want to it, do you want to play with with randoms that don't know that cheer button exists and all randoms want to do is the azumarill strat or do you want to play with npcs which have a variety of pokemon but they'll at least cheer you and then you just have to worry about your own strat i don't know why well i do know why i just explained it because uh, sometimes you know people aren't the smartest uh but soloing seems to be easier um uh in that case I, I've done a lot of six star raids. I've done five star raids. I failed. I fa- I have failed five star raids with people. I have failed six star raids with people. Uh, it is it is frustrating, mm-hmm. and I think part of the reason why that's frustrating is because people didn't listen to Hop and Sword and Shield. No one knows what super effective is. If it says if it says that it's uh you know if we're if we're fighting a let's just do Charizard. If we're yeah. fighting if we're fighting Charizard, he's a fire flying Pokemon, and it says fairy in the corner or sorry dragon in the corner dragons cannot hit fairy pokemon that just it, it, it can't also you know he's still fire flying mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you that any grass type pokemon aren't gonna be good because grass yeah. is weak to both fire and flying but you also have to like it, it's so weird how that third type just throws people off because they're mm-hmm. 
because they they forget that the Pokemon still has its original like moves. Like, yes, you are a different typing, so you can. I don't know hit if that's it. what they're forgetting. I think that I, they're forgetting that Terra type is a thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I I think they they see the Terra type. They go, okay, you're a dragon, so I'm gonna bring in something that's gonna be using Charizard for example. Like, yeah, I'm gonna bring something that can hit dragon really hard, but. You know, if you have a Pokemon who, if you just focus on a Terra type, but then you forget that it also has moves that can still counter you and you're mm-hmm. going to be weak against. Because I've forgotten a few times myself. I go, oh yeah, it, it's this Terra type. But I'm like, wait a minute, I forgot. You have moves that can actually counter right. my Pokemon. Yeah. And I didn't think about that. The, the weird thing that I, I looked up after the fact is I just assumed that like all five and six star terra pokemon would have terra blast i would just assume that every because mm-hmm. so if you don't know the five star and six star pokemon they have six moves charizard has um i believe eight moves they don't change by the way you can i i, I made a little graphic charizard had dragon pulse fire blast hurricane focus blast overheat terra blast which would be another dragon type move sunny day and inferno some pokemon just don't have Terra Blast. So I, I fought like a, it was like an electric, uh, like Mudsdale or something. And so you're like, oh, electric. So you're, you're, you have ground type moves because you're Mudsdale and you, you're electric type now. So we could use ground moves against you. But when you look, when I looked up its moveset, it never got Terra Blast. So even though it was an electric type, it didn't have any electric moves. So you were still kind of safe to bring in flying. You would be hesitant to bring in flying because you'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. it would knock me out but because electric. But you, it didn't have any electric type moves, even though it was electric type. It, it, it's weird. And I'm sure, I mean, like they picked all the movesets. They decided that some Pokemon wouldn't. I don't know why. They Maybe they decided that, oh, giving this Pokemon Terra Blast would be too strong or, or whatnot. It, it throws people off. I, I would say that. I think a lot of people came away from saying that Charizard was easier than a lot of six-star raids, but that's I think that's because people were planning all week for it. Mm-hmm. I, I have gone up to six-star raids and like gone it like click on it, what is it? And then, and then I just go like, oh, I don't have anything for this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could try I could try to brute force it, right? Uh, or I could hope that my three other teammates bring something decent, but like I think that's the problem right now in the game, and this is kind of why I'm so sick of seeing Azumarill or Iron Hands, is because people built Pokemon for Charizard, and that is what they have now. That, that, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's what they built. And so now that Charizard is over, they just go, well, this is my level 100. It worked for Charizard. I'm going to bring it to... No, do not bring your Azumarill to this electric Terra type raid because I can tell you that this Pokemon has an electric type move. Like, don't do that. But that's your only 100 pro. So, and the thing too is, I'm trying to think, and I'm actually probably going to make a YouTube video about this of like, what do you even build? Like, mm-hmm. what, 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 what would be six Pokemon that you could feel confident about putting Eevees and uh, IVs and rare candy into that? If you approach a six-star raid, and there's one every single day, assuming you beat your game, can one of these six Pokemon work? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Azumarill does not work for every single raid. Uh, Iron Hands does not work for every single raid. 
and again, maybe you can be lucky and you can brute force it. Maybe the computer missed you twice. You were able to get your belly drum off and, and do it. Sure. Like, RNG is a definitely a thing in Pokemon. No one, no one's debating that. But even, even there, I, I think undo- like my number one choice, I can already tell you what the YouTube video would be. My number one choice would a million percent be Grimmsnarl. Uh, because mm-hmm. Grimmsnarl has amazing typing. Uh, yep. It's only weak to poison. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of poison Pokemon out there. It is weak to fairy, but you can still survive with screens. And then it's like weak to steel. And again, that's like three types that it, it's that you might have problems with. But other Pokemon can take care of that. Grimstar works in like every single raid. It's my number one here for Charizard. And I just recommend like light screen because you don't need reflect because Charizard doesn't have a single physical move. Spirit break, uh, which does fairy damage which is super effective against dragon but it also lowers charizard's special attack by one stage every time you do it thunder wave in case you just want to paralyze charizard to slow it down at the beginning or i always thunder waved after shield broke because i never trust the hp bar <laughs> and then fake tears so if you have sylveon sitting next to you or you have uh flutter main sitting next to you like spamming fake tears before the shield goes up mm-hmm. you're just going to do major damage if i gave grimmsnarl to a person that didn't understand competitive or didn't understand teamwork and they just smash spirit break which i said earlier how i just watched people smash like crunch or whatever move they had they would still be doing more than than most players because even though they're barely doing any damage they're at least lowering charizard special attack every single time they spirit break which is like huge in this uh so and then Grimmsnarl, you could just light screen, reflect whichever one you need. I- ideally, you would probably build two Grimmsnarls. You would bring, you would build a competitive, you would br- build a special Grimmsnarl and then a physical Grimmsnarl. Grimmsnarl, but you can go in and what what I've been doing is just once it once it knows a move in this game, you can change it for free, and you mm-hmm. can change it right before you go into the raid, whether it needs reflect or light screen. Here's here's the thing though about raiding, no people don't know how to do it. And that's fine. That's no one's fault. The game doesn't like really teach you this. As somebody who played a lot of like Final Fantasy fourteen or Destiny uh, or Destiny two or whatever other amount of games that in- require actual group teamwork, I think the problem that I have with like Azumarill players or Iron Hand players is m- I feel like nine times out of ten they're actually not team players. They 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 mm-hmm. have built a Pokemon because a YouTube video or a YouTube content creator told them to. Now that's not to say that those Pokemon don't work. Clearly they do. A lot of people have clears with Azumarill and Iron Hands. Here's the thing though. I I made this graphic right. Uh, I'll probably make some tweaks to it and republish it again because like people found it very helpful of like what should I build? And Twitter is a funny place because I feel like I could tweet. I love uh, waffles. Right. I could tweet that I love waffles on Twitter. And then the comments would be like, why do you hate pancakes? And it's like, I never said that. I just said I liked waffles. Why? So I make this I made this graphic and then everyone's like, where is Fluttermane? I never said Fluttermane and Zumarill are bad. I just don't think recommending Mm -hmm. Zumarill over the three Pokemon I did is a good option because one. If you're if you're complaining about where is Azumarill, it's probably because you watched a YouTube video telling you how to do it, and it probably mm-hmm. explained on how to do it. Two, I, I in a graphic, I can't con- convey the belly strat the belly drum strategy as well, right? Going back to the Grimmsnarl example, if you don't understand what light screen does, 
or fake tears and you just want to be the i just want to do damage you 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 did it cool you can just spam spirit break and you're still being a huge help if you don't hit that belly drum button with azumarill or you hit at the wrong time you are actively hurting your team like you're you're not helping in any way you're just dying you're just being a liability and to be honest if you're looking for a guide on how to do this and i've done i've uh, i played a lot of destiny a lot of destiny <laughs> and i don't know how my wife found these people but every single day cuz i i had a 9 to 5 job I'd get home play destiny with her every night every day she'd be like I found this person. They're really great. They've never done a raid. Can you help them? Can we, can we go through this raid? Can we go through King's Fall together? King's Fall is like a two-hour raid, and you only get rewards one, one time a week. I had three characters. I played a lot of Destiny, so technically I, I could get rewards three times a week by switching characters. But every single day, Irene would be like, this person has never done a raid. Can you help them? Can we, can we carry them through this raid? It's like, okay, well... That's three, me, you, this new person you just found who's never done a raid before, okay? And we got to find three more people that are, like, willing to do this. And we would run these people through a two-hour King's Fall raid. And they made mistakes, right? And the thing I learned through raiding in Destiny is that people didn't want to do raids because they didn't want to be the weakest link. Mm -hmm. uh, that was also a 100%. good game show. 100%. That was a, fant a fantastic. I'm giving, I'm giving you plus ten points on your scorecard, Steve, for that. So well done, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Fantastic game show. They didn't want to be the weakest link, and so they just would rather not do some of the best content in Destiny because they didn't want anyone to be mad at them. They didn't want to bring down the team, and it was very. The, the thing in Destiny is, can can you can you carry? Yeah, sure. Five people can make up for one person. This can happen in Pokemon too. I've seen it happen. I've seen three level 100s carry a level 60 through Charizard. It's possible. Again, RNG exists in all these games. But I'm never going to recommend in my graphics or my advice a Pokemon that would just, that could potentially make you a liability. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot, I cannot confidently recommend Azumarill. And be like, okay, you you had no clue what to build. You're looking at this now. Build this Pokemon that cuts its health in half, and hope that your other three teammates don't heal you or or heal you. Hope that they put up a screen. Hope they do something to give you your next turn to attack. Now, if you're running Shell Bell and you're attacking, you're getting your health back, right? If you're running Iron Hands, you might Drain Punch to get your health back. But that's Assuming that the RNG isn't focusing on you to take you out, that's assuming you're, you, you don't miss your play rough. That's assuming that like you, you didn't get paralyzed, you didn't get confused. There's so many things that can happen. And the first thing you want to tell a brand new player to do is cut your health in half against this incredibly powerful raid. I can't safely recommend it. I, the, the, ones I, the, the ones I recommended for Charizard was Grimmsnarl, Dashbun, and Sylveon. Grimmsnarl just cannot die if you just hit the light screen button, you like eventually, yes, he could die. But like you have, once you hit that, you're 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 rock solid, and so is the rest of your team. You you've already yeah. done so much uh, by hitting that light screen button. Dashbun can literally can only be hit by hurricane and focus blast, 
And that's a, and a hurricane is like 75% accurate and 50% accurate once the sun goes up. He cannot be hit by fire type moves. He cannot be hit by dragon type moves. Again, does he hit super hard? No, but you can helping hand. You can you can low you can lower a Charizard special attack, which is great for your team. You can at least hit the play rough button. Sylveon is a special tank. Even if it was hitting by hitting getting hit by fire type moves, you're still gonna you're still gonna eat all of those up. So and if for whatever reason there's not a Grimmsnarl on your team, Sylveon has access to Light Screen. Like these three Pokemon were I picked specifically to make those people that feel like they're a liability more comfortable going into a raid because that that, that is what people are overlooking is like just use mm-hmm. azumarill yeah yeah if you are like like the amount of azumarills i i watched use belly drum do a bunch of damage die which is for the most part okay and then come back to life they have to hit belly drum again right yep and they mm-hmm. come back to life. They hit Belly Drum, and Charizard goes, "Time to reset all stats." <laughs> yeah. You know he was going to reset yep. the stats. You yep. knew he was going to do this. Why did you hit Belly Drum right away? Like, like what? Wait until he resets stats and then hit the Belly Drum. But now you've cut your life in half. He's reset stats. You are now a giant Easter egg paperweight because you're not plus six and you have half health. So now the rest of the team has to heal and pick up the slack. Again, with the three Pokemon I picked, at no point are you ever a paperweight. You're you're completely helpful and beneficial to everyone on the team. And mm-hmm. I think that's the feeling you are trying to get across like in your graphic and your communication is that you want to feel good going into these raids. And if you can defeat a raid and say, hey, I actually protected our team. I put up that light screen. I gave you that helping hand. You may not be the 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 hardest hitting Pokemon. You may not be dealing like a ton of damage. But if you can support the other team members, like um, I know when I was playing Grimmsnarl, yes, I, I set up light screen. I do fake tears. I use a turn like, hey, I'm going to use a cheer. I'm going to you know boost up. I'm, I'm going to heal everybody up first, or I'm going to boost your defenses. It makes you feel so much better going into these raids, knowing you played a really important part in helping everybody else survive, limit the damage, give them the boost they need. And listen, if you want to bring a zoomer, like if you think you're the you're the greatest Azumarill player in the world, and you know how to do the belly drum strap perfectly at what time, listen, do it. Siri, be quiet. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Siri was saying, don't use Azumarill. Listen, play, you know, the beauty about life is you have free choice. If you want to go and play Azumarill, you play Azumarill. You're just going to have not a good time. But I feel like using, having a much more accessible pool of Pokemon that you can bring into these battles and actually have an impact on it, I think is what is the beauty of you know, some of these builds that we have out there, and it's more variety. Honestly, I was going to bring it back around. I think this is the year of Goldango. I think Goldango, <laughs> I think Goldango is still a pretty solid uh, raid choice because you have good as gold as as an ability. You can learn things like Nasty Plot. You can do Metal Sound to lo- to, uh, to lower the uh, the def- uh, special defenses, and then you can just do something like you know Shadow Ball to just you know blast them. So there are other Pokemon out there. Uh, that Grimmsnarl, Goldengo, I think of uh, you know, Fluttermane also are great for just overall five and six star raids. But I feel like, first of all, I like waffles. See, 
I think Pavel's okay. a great. All right. So I agree Good, with to you. Good to know. Good to know. It goes back to the um to a a comedian uh, Mitch Hedberg saying, "Aren't um you know, pan- say, the waffles are just pancakes with syrup traps? That's <laughs> that's all it is. Just little little pockets of syrup traps." Uh, but you know, I agree with you on that. I, I like waffles too. But no, I think um I think what we're trying to say here is after a a few days of all these TikTok videos and all these YouTube videos hitting your feed saying, oh, you have to use your resources to build a Zoomerill, you have to build it this way, have this EV strat, and then all of a sudden you realize this is not how it really is, and I don't want to make sure like you're wasting your time building a Pokemon that's just going to be one-shotted every single time, and you don't know a, real, a, a good strat with it. I think having this accessible pool of Pokemon saying, if you know you're going to raid with people, you could do a solo, like to your point, I found out that solo is much easier now because I just realized when I did solo, I don't have that delay in the uh, commands being hit at one time because I'm the only one that matters. And all my NPCs are saying, yeah, let's cheer you up, Bob. Or, yeah, let's raise your defenses. It's great. Um, I know. I think, I think seeing is that this is the second time this is coming around, give another Pokemon a shot. Give it, you know, give Doxbon a, a, a try. Give Sylveon a try. Give Grimmsnarl a try. This is a great way to expand your knowledge of different Pokemon builds out there and different strategies. This is a great time to do something different. And I don't know, it isn't a follow-up question for both of you. Do you know if we can catch another Charizard in this event? Or is it like a part two of the original event that you can't catch more than one? I don't know if that's still I think still it's a thing. just one. It's just yeah, one. Just okay. One. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still, I think this is a great opportunity just to try something different. Just don't stick with the same strategy even it's a if it's a bad strategy just try something new give it a shot that's the beauty of pokemon uh give it give it another chance yeah like like i said the zoomerol thing works if you if you if you know how to time your belly drums you're fine and if there's a grim snarl standing next to you you you're even more fine right like if i if i was an azumarill player and i saw a grim snarl i'd be like great their screens are gonna go up i'm gonna be able to cut my health in half i'm gonna be able to survive Mm -hmm. i have heard so many stories in the past two weeks I went on the ride. I went on the ride to people being like, should I bring a Zoomerill? Everyone's bringing a Zoomerill. Why aren't you, why aren't you playing a Zoomerill? To a couple days later being like, man, I cannot stand a Zoomerill. Guess why we failed this raid? A Zoomerill. Like, yep. I mean, a Zoomerill plays, a Zoomerill plays on that core water, fire, grass type advantage triangle that everybody knows. It plays on the one type advantage triangle that everybody knows because of the starters. And so even it's, it is taking advantage of that along with people who don't understand Terra types. And so when you see this Azumarill is clearly water, it's blue, and this Charizard has fire on it, I'm going to go with the Azumarill. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, has, it does have perfect typing for Charizard. That's why it works. Yes. I mean, but that's, that's one of the main reasons that I think that it's probably the instinctive I'm going to go with this when just looking at the lineup yeah. for people who don't understand type matchups quite as well. I was, I was going to say, I heard, I've heard horror stories of, of four Azumarils and they all belly drum and then one by one they get taken out because no one is, no one is healing and no one is, is, is putting up shields or anything, right? And like, like I said, if you, if you belly drum and you miss your play rough and you get knocked out because no one's healed you or there's no, there's no screens... Well, not, now you're now you're just playing catch up. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if if one or two of those Azumarils just hit the cheer button instead of hitting the belly drum button, you would have 
you would have helped out. And this yeah. goes this goes back to Destiny, right? If if I'm so Destiny raids are designed in a way to separate players out. So somebody can't do everything, right? That's the whole point of a raid is like do what you're doing and I'm going to do what I'm doing. We got to trust that we're doing what each other we're 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 working together, right? So if I'm in if I'm in the vault of glass and there's a part in the vault of glass where there's three lanes, there's the center lane, left lane, right lane, and I would always take new people to the left lane because I thought the left lane was harder. And I was like, I can I can carry this person in the left-hand lane. And then I would put the other strong player on the right lane. And then I would put Irene in the middle. So we have the two strong players on the outside. And they're they're usually with the two weakest players. And then we have the two like mediocre average players, at least the players that know what's happening, right? In the middle. And that way, as somebody on the left-hand side, I can take care of my lane, babysit my new person. And then look over in the center and be like, I can help center out too. I cannot help out the right-hand side, though. Like, if I was to leave my lane and go help the right side, my lane fails. Mm-hmm. This is just something that happens in raids, right? I have to trust that the right-hand side is doing everything they're doing right. And I just have to trust it. And I have to stay in my lane. Because I can't move between all the lanes and be like, I'm the best player. I'm going to carry. This is the same thing. This is the mentality that, like, Azumarill or iron hand players have to get out of you cannot belly drum and heal yourself and do damage you just can't do all three you're 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 literally wasting time by belly drumming and this this doesn't specifically go for those players right like like if you're a flutter main player and somebody was like oh you just you just bring flutter main you just like you just fake tears two times and then you heal yourself and then you start doing damage no Maybe if you're in solo, sure. But, like, if you're a Fluttermane player, your job is to do as much damage as possible. You need to trust that your teammates are going to do the other things and heal you. Because if you're supposed to be doing the most damage, especially as an Azumarill player or an Iron Hands player, you need to trust that somebody else is going to heal you. And we've learned this past week that Azumarill players don't want to do that. They they want to just do max damage. There's, There's no trust there. And that's why I think that Grimmsnarl is a really good play for a lot of people. Because, like, in most of these Charizard raids, I barely attacked, even though I have an attack, right? I'm setting up light screen. If I have special attackers near me, I'm going to fake tears. If I have physical attackers near me, I'm going to Thunder Wave. By the time I light screen Thunder Wave, I'm now doing my first heal. I'm probably going to do maybe another heal. At that point, Charizard's going to reset stats. Uh, at that point, I'm probably going to cheer to get a attack boost and then i'm going to start spirit breaking like right like at that point ideally you should be on track to win and then you you could feel safe enough to do that like i have so much to do that i can't even attack so i can't imagine you know if you're a flutter main player or an azumarill player you got to do your 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 status move your swords dance or your fake tears your belly drum and then you got you ain't you ain't got time. You ain't got time to heal. You shouldn't be healing. If you're trying to do all of that, you're not helping the team. But this is just like fundamentals of raiding, and I think it's why I think there's two reasons why why people are getting so frustrated with six stars. Number one is people just don't understand the dynamics of we all can't attack here. Some somebody mm-hmm. needs to do some sort of support. And that's why, again, I'm going back to Grimmsnarl, is if you're struggling with six-star raids, you might have to be that support. You might have yeah. to yeah. be that support. And number two 
with the six-star raids, why people, I think, are getting frustrated, is because no one knows what to bring in the sense of, like, what are, like, six Pokemon that I can have at level 100 with pretty decent movesets that I can I can just pick before a raid because mm-hmm. one because Azumarill, Grimmsnarl, Charizard, all these Pokemon, they just cannot do every six star raid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like I can I'm, I imagine like a a player who who only has like two level one hundred Pokemon at this point because the game is so new to be like, well, do I put all of my candy into Iron Thorns is and then uh, find out that Iron Thorns is bad and be like, well, I I don't have the candy now and. That's why I want to make a list of like six Pokemon that will help throughout all raids um, that you can be like, okay, uh, one of these six fits this bill and I feel confident about it. And maybe I have to change one move, but at least, you know, I'm not bringing iron hands to every single raid, whether it works or doesn't work. <laughs> the am- Listen, the <laughs> amount of people I've seen bringing iron hands to ghost terror raids I'm like, oh, because I I did die a little inside. You can't drain punch that. You can't drain punch that. So (laughs) you you do belly drum and you realize, okay, so now what do I do? Um, (laughs) But I think I think to your point, Steve, I think if you have a solid team that can play offense and then play support, you really should be prepared to go into any raid to play a certain role. If you're soloing, that's fine. You can you know have fun soloing. But if if you're with a group of people online i think having a solid set of pokemon that could either hit hard or to your point play defense and i still think Gripstall is a solid choice because it can do all of that you can go into a raid you go okay i'm gonna be playing support i'm gonna be helping i'll be helping hannah out and hannah's gonna be our, our big attacker because she has a sylveon or um i can say hey i can still do the spirit break i can still play some type of you know help like, like offense a defensive support role but i can start hitting if i need to uh and don't forget you have cheers i think the amount of people i see not using cheers yeah. oh my gosh blows it's my mind i th- i think in these higher end raids like uh, like uh i think mimiku is a really uh uh good raid oh, choice absolutely absolutely solid and what's what's actually the the thing as i'm i'm working on this this video to release is like i i feel like i have to exclude pokemon just because they're fairy type it is unreal how many of like grimmsnarl dashbun sylveon mimikyu fluttermane that's five fairy type pokemon and if mm-hmm. i'm if i'm trying to make a list of six pokemon that you should bring to that that you sh- you should feel confident about putting your candy into I don't think I should make a list with five fairy type Pokemon. I mean, like, fairy is incredibly good. I, I feel like I yeah. talked about this through all of Sword and Shield. That's why Zacian was number one on the ladder. Fairy is just mm-hmm. such an, a, 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 an offensive great type. And then Steel is a, a great defensive type. Yeah. Your, if your main job is attacking, it's why Belly Drum is, is, is so sought after right now. Uh, it gives you plus six. If you're bringing Mimikyu, like... You should probably be swords dancing. If you're bringing Fluttermane, you should probably be fake tearing. Like, it, you should be doing some sort of status, whether that's to boost your own stats or not your stats. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a great combination I saw was was three Dosh Buns and a Grimmsnarl. I was the Grimmsnarl, spoiler. But <laughs> Dosh Bun is a physical attacker. And if you have Howl, it boosts everyone's physical attack because you're howling. And I saw three Dosh Buns all how and I set up the light screen, and then all of a sudden, we we, we who let the dogs out? They were they were going <laughs> wild, like three 
three dash buns all howling at the same time. Just the first turn, just howling. And that's now each dash bun has a plus three. That's so mm-hmm. much better. Like, like if you think about like, well, just bring a zoomeral. Like, think about what, what just happened there. Like, instead of everyone cutting their health in half for plus six, we all have full health. We all are plus three. We're all hitting play rough, and everyone still has full health. Everyone's like still good to go. We're still not. We're still not getting hit by fire type moves. Like that's what the the, the Azumarill conversation is so frustrating because it feels like those players are being like, "This is the only way to do this," and it's like, no, like look at what just happened here. This was such a cool strategy. This was so like, and like again, that's why I recommend uh, Doc Bun. Doc, Bun is because out of Charizard's eight moves, only two can hit it. Um, like it's really great uh in that sense and you can feel good about that. Um but yeah, Charizard's coming back. Uh so good luck. <laughs> Hopefully have everyone fun, at this fun. point is prepared. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Just enjoy enjoy it. You'll 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 enjoy it. It'll be fine. If you need yeah. help with Charizard, I will be streaming that weekend and I was helping people who were struggling with Charizard clears to get their Charizard clear. So twitch.tv slash PKMNCSD. Uh, same as always. So if you need help with Charizard, if uh, if the random people are belly drumming and then dying, look, I heard a lot of it. Uh, come on over. I'll I'll light screen you to victory. <laughs> or bring your dog. We can have a weekend of who let the dogs out. You know. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break, and then uh, we got some TCG news and a little bit of Pogo news, and we will be wrapping up the show. So we'll be right back. And we are back from our break. Some big news. So oh, I think yeah. I think I think we reported <laughs> on that. Uh, you know, the Pokemon company bought one of the factories. Is that the right word? Factories that made the mm-hmm. TCG cards. And we're like, can they finally center these cards? <laughs> <laughs> Will I, the day finally come? I have one of my favorite Pokemon ever is Sneasler. A big Sneasler fan. Love the Sneasler. I have pulled two Radiant Sneaslers, uh, which are the shiny ones in the TCG, mm-hmm. and they're so off-centered. It's not even like, oh, they're like they're they're way off-centered, uh, and it drives me absolutely insane that I pulled two of these, and both of them are cut so badly. And then, I, of course, I pulled like Radiant Greninja. I don't care about no Greninja. Greninja is like perfectly centered. But That's my, so sad. My poor Sneezlers, very off-center. Anyways, so they bought the factory place that makes cards in the U.S. And now there's a brand new change coming. Uh, this is off GameInformer.com. Yes, there's still a website. I, yes, they still make a magazine. <laughs> the Pokemon Company has announced several changes coming to the Pokemon trading card game, starting with the first expansion of the Scarlet and Violet hitting, seri- hitting stores in March in addition to the EX gameplay mechanic that was announced uh, for the series in August at the World Championship, uh, players can expect several changes to cards and packs in any household. First up, the yellow borders U.S. players, well, technically the entire... Game Informer. <laughs> Game Informer. Technically the entire world, <laughs> except Japan. To be, Let me clear that up, Game Informer. Uh, are going to match the gray borders of the Japanese cards. This move is to provide more of a seamless experience for the Pokemon trading card game while putting a greater emphasis on the actual artwork of the cards. 
Additionally, trainer cards will now have subcategories displayed in the upper top left corner for more visibility in players' hands. Examples given include supporter, item, stadium. Basic energy cards will feature another energy symbol at the right bottom for easier tracking during gameplay. And the expansion symbol will be replaced by an expansion code and language codes across all cards. There are some bad news here. They, they use the word bittersweet, not me. I'm just going to say it's bad news. The <laughs> bitter part is the bad part is the booster packs will go up in price. The MSRP of a booster pack is $3.99, although you may argue that they were already expensive at some of your stores. Stores can set their own price, but the recommended MSRP is $3.99. The new recommended MSRP is $4.49. Pokemon Company hitting us with a 50 cent oh, price hike. Jeez. Do you know how much a gallon of milk is now? I can't afford 50 <laughs> cents. Maybe if my radiant sneezlers were cut properly, I'd pay it. The Pokemon Company attributes this to global inflation impacting the cost of material and production. Other products may also cost more going forward. The sweet side of the news is the Pokemon TCG team will try to make up for the increased price by uh, raising the number of guaranteed foil cards per pack. Now all cards will come with uh, now that any sorry let me read now all cards with a rarity of rare or higher will be foiled. Woo! Thank Hold goodness the phone. <laughs> Let me tell you how non-hollow rare cards and hollow rare cards were one of the most frustrating things that you could possibly pull in the TCG. Additionally, larger box items like elite trainer boxes, we call those uh, the ETBs, will include an additional item. For example, uh, the ETBs will include an additional booster pack and a full art promo card. So I think, so ETBs are going up in price as well they're saying that they're going to add one more booster pack so i think etbs are normally eight booster packs unless it's a yep. special etb which is already ten dollars more that comes with ten a little confusing uh but so those are going to come with an extra booster pack and a full art promo card and that's pretty that's pretty much it that's 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 all the news thank you uh brian shia from game informer for your article you know you're just the whole world has yellow cards except for japan be clear there <laughs> bob you you got into pokemon content creation with the tcg if i remember correctly right that is correct yeah i got back into it around the uh sun and moon era so i started uh, collecting tcgs you know doing the instagram posting you know pull the you know, pack battles and opening packs and uh sharing my cards i, I was going through my old binder of um tag team and gx cards and man that was a fun time i look i i'm a sun and moon anyway that's all another conversation but no i'm excited for this i actually um i i i like the silver borders much more than the yellow i think yellow definitely was a bit of an eye strain over the years it did take away and i, and I agree it did take away from some of the art because that yellow just stands out and it's in your face i think the gray borders are a little more subtle. I think it blends nicely in looking at the, um, on the Pokemon.com's website, looking at the professor's research cards, looking at the, you know, Sprigatito, Frikoko, Quackty cards. I think it just makes the, all the other colors pop more uh, on it. And I mean, 
over the years, and I, I know you said this also, Steve, that Japanese cards definitely had a better quality to them than mm-hmm. even our cards. Um, I think this is a step in the right direction. I do like the uh, even just the accessibility of the energy cards to now have the extra logos because the way you stack cards in play, whether like you're stacking them on top or side by side, you can see the little energy symbol on those uh, basic energy cards now. I think that's really good to see. But yeah, no, I'm 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 excited for these changes. I think a lot of you know, Twitter was excited when we saw the uh, Whoa, the news broke. That's how you it really was, know they did something right. Yeah, forget <laughs> forget the milk and eggs increase. Silver borders. Ah! Um, so I'm uh, I'm definitely excited for this. Uh, I uh, now I haven't played the EX format when it originally uh, came out because I was out of Pokemon for years. So. Uh, I'm intrigued by uh, them bringing back EX as a mechanic, um, but no, I think design-wise, these cards look fantastic, um, and I'm excited to start collecting the uh, the new set as it comes out. Uh, Hannah, I don't know if you did any TCG stuff. I know you're a big Go player, uh, but I don't know the TCG side of you if that exists. I've collected them, and I had one friend in college who I played Pokemon TCG with every once in a while. But for the most part, I'm just a collector. I have the Pokemon TCG advent calendar up on top of my desk right now. So I open them and I like looking at them, but I mostly just collect them and organize them. Okay, got Um, it. I'm a little sad about the yellow borders, though. I will say that. (laughs) I'm on the side of I think they look better visually with the yellow, which I know is very minority side. I think most people like the gray better. But for me, when I'm looking at the gray ones, it looks like the edges just fall off. It doesn't look like there are borders at all. Mm. And that's weird to me. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. That, if, if you were a Japanese TCG collector, there was always the debate of like silver or yellow. I think, I think the changes are great. The, the, the thing in the corner uh, is, is actually really great. So if, if you don't know, the, the sets were always determined by some sort of symbol. Unless you were, like, so into the TCG, um, I mean, I collected almost every single set of Sword and Shield, and I couldn't even, I can't even tell you the, the symbols in the corner. Like, I, I, like, Vivid Voltage, I have no clue what that symbol looks like. And if, if you were to show me, like, eight symbols, I don't know if I could tell you which one is Vivid Voltage or which one isn't Vivid Voltage. They do this in Japan. Where instead of like a symbol, it'll say the set and then um, it'll say like the the subset. So mm-hmm. uh, this just says like SV and then one and then EN for English. So this is sword and this is scarlet and violet first set. And so I'm assuming whatever the second one will be will be SV2. <laughs> so I, I think that makes it really easy to like follow along of like what card like what what card is this in okay this card is in SV three great cr- cool versus like this set this card is in uh, silver tempest what symbol is like what symbol is that <laughs> like yeah I could go buy silver <laughs> tempest but if I'm like looking at my collection and all the cards are open I have to like look up what symbol silver tempest is to be like okay cool like that's that's the symbol I'm looking for um, again just really great for accessibility uh and obviously you could you could maybe say that the the energy is good for accessibility but i think that's more for um people hiding putting card like just putting cards well again I, oh. yeah yeah both in that situation but the thing that i wish they just would have done they're so close they're just they're just so close that you you change the border you change the set numbers you change the energy cards just 
change the back of the Pokemon card. It is so ugly and outdated. It does the Pokeball doesn't even open the right way. It opens the wrong way. Now, before anyone listening to the show, they're like, but they, that would invalidate all these years of Pokemon cards. Number one, they're going to be invalidated of anyways. All the cards have their own time frame. They're going to be like, yeah. Japan did this, though. There are two Japanese backs. At a certain point, Japan was like, you know what? We're changing the back. And they did. And the, the new Japanese back looks great. And it feels like it will look great in another 10 years. The current worldwide back that is in Japan, I don't want to say English because this applies to every card that isn't Japanese, looks terrible. They could have updated. This would have been the perfect time to be like, you know what? We're updating the back. Sorry. Good luck. New season. Just, just, they're so close. They're so close to changing the back. Just do it. Just, I, you know, yeah, I, I wish they would change the back because I, you know, first of all, most people, you get a good car, you put it into a sleeve, you ain't seeing that back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't looking at it. Um, and and I, uh, if you're if you're com- and if you're competitive, yeah. the EX format is going to power creep over the V. Like there will be some V, and some V Max and some EX. But the the thing about the TCG is it always power creeps itself. Yeah, if you change the back, you're cutting off all these hollow energies. You're cutting off all these old trainers. You're, you, there's not, there's never going to be a good time to change it. You like, just cut it, do it now. Just change it now in a new set with EX. You're changing the borders. You have, you own the factory now. Just change the back. At this point, just match the Japanese back. You've matched the Japanese silver border. Like, we already have these weird language rules across the world. And like, if you're if you're playing in in the U.S., you have to have English cards. If you're playing in Europe, you can have English, you can have German, you can mm-hmm. have Italian, you can have Spanish. If you're playing in Japanese, you can only have Japanese cards. If you're playing in Mexico, you can have Spanish and English and Italian. Like, unify it. You're so close. <laughs> you're so close to unifying these games. I mean, Hannah, as a collector, what do you like? Do you think if they change that back, does that ruin like nostalgia for you? Or no. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if you, if you even look at the backs of, of the cards. No, I know what the backs of the cards look like. Um, I'm not sure I know the difference between the old and new Japanese ones because most of the Japanese cards I have are old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not I'm not a thorough collector. I kind of just get cards when they make me happy. I get cards for Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I think that changing the backs is just fine. I. And you put you have to put them in sleeves for competitions, anyways, right? Yes, that's required. You do. That's You're that's in... one of the reasons I never played. It's expensive. Um. Yeah. In in. Well, that was like a weird rule too, uh, because there was there was we talked about this. There was a person that brought like the jumbo cards, and they brought like sixty <laughs> <Yeah>. jumbo cards. <laughs> and I swore one of the rules were they have to be sleeved. And they said, no, technically they don't per the rule book. I swore that was a rule, but the every tournament I've went to, and this might be just up to the tournament organizer, like you could not use clear sleeves and they, you would have to use a full back sleeve. You could also not use sleeves. Again, these could just be the rules of the specific tournament. I'm not 100% sure. 
you cannot use sleeves that had a border themselves. So, like, if you look at, like, the back of the sleeve, which would cover the back of the card, like, that couldn't have, like, a square border because you couldn't, you couldn't align it perfectly with printing. So, some of the borders would be offset, and then you would be able to then tell which card is in yeah. which sleeve. So, the, the, the back of the sleeve had to be either a solid color or just a pattern that didn't hit a border so you couldn't... um you couldn't tell which card, which which uh, w- when I go back to like th- that, the person brought 60 jumbo cards and they weren't sleeved. I was like, well, the whole point of the rule of them being sleeved is because like cards get nicked so easily. So if you knew you're like Charizard VMAX had like a nick in the upper left hand corner, you could find it easier. <laughs> Don't get me started on cheating in the TCG. It's very we'd be here for another hour. <laughs> But like, yeah, you have to you have to sleeve you have to sleeve them anyways. Um, and they, again, from my understanding, they can't be clear. I don't know if that's their. <laughs> I'm sure ever since the incident of bringing the jumbo cards, that's going to be the the rules are going to be rewritten to the point of like, you cannot bring jumbo cards. Also, they need to be sleeved. Mm-hmm. I know if you <laughs> made top cut in a tournament again, maybe these were just the because I've made top cut before. And maybe they were just up to my tournament organizers because obviously Pokemon trust the tournament organizers to follow the rules and maybe insert their own rules when needed as long as it follows the spirit of the game. If you made top cut, you would have to re-sleeve your whole deck. So if you played like eight matches, made top cut, you made it to top cut, you had to put brand new sleeves on for every top cut match. Mm. Wow. To prevent people nicking cards or whatever or like you don't want a card to rip while you're shuffling and stuff so maybe that's different in like a california or a canada or uh uh you know a london but like at least in the midwest of the tournaments i played in the tournaments i top cut it in you had to resleeve uh when you hit top cut um and then you know you know top eight top four top two you had to resleeve and the tournament organizers would give you sleeves you didn't have to you could use your own sleeves like, if you had a brand new pack of, you know, Pokemon Center sleeves, you could sleeve them yourself, but they would have, like, black or green or blue, like, Ultra Pros that they would give you for making top cut that you would re-sleeve in between. Interesting. Yeah, that's the number one reason I've seen for them not changing the backs. And so I don't really understand that being a reason. I think that it's fine if they change the backs. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, th- I, think, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, last bit of news we have here is uh, Pokemon Go did two things. Uh, well, Pokemon Go is always doing something. <laughs> First, we have a Pokemon Go at Pokemon Festival. J- uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Jakarta? You got it. it. Thank. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which uh, is in Indonesia? Yes. Not India, which I put in the notes. <laughs> uh, I'm geographically bad at everything. I don't... Is Indonesia south of Singapore? Am I wrong on that? Gosh, I don't know where that is. I'm the wrong person to ask, unfortunately. I should know this as a trivia guy, because I always <laughs> ask, hey, where is this place located? I know there's a whole cluster of like islands and stuff in that geographical part of the world. I Okay, so the, this this event is from December 8th through January 8th, and they published it on PokemonGoLive.com on December 8th. 
So, um, I don't know. We all complain about Niantic not giving us a heads up about Community Day. What happened here? (laughs) It seemed like maybe some creators got a heads up, maybe, because Zoe Two Dots is going. Yeah, Zoe is there right now. I, I, I am in the Niantic creator group thingy. Um, I don't remember them saying this event was coming. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm, lo- I'm looking, I'm looking. <laughs> I see the Ultra Beast. I, I don't. To be fair, though, I believe my Niantic creator group is for America and mm. like Europe. And mm-hmm. I think that Japan and Asia and I, Australia is weird because Australia is like not mostly English, right? Uh, I th- I think that is I think they have their own group. <laughs> I only think that because uh, when I was going to South Korea, they asked who was going to South Korea, and I was like one of two people in the group that were like, "Yeah, we're going to South Korea," and they brought in a different manager. And they were like, hi, I'm mm-hmm. in charge of, like, Asia Pacific. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. I never ended up meeting them in South Korea because, like, uh, I had a camera on my shoulder. And so it's, like, weird <laughs> to, like, meet people for the first time, especially, like, in a business <laughs> relationship to be like, hi, it's finally nice to meet you. Also, now your face is on the Internet. Um, mm-hmm. I already know that people dislike Niantic. And the last thing I want to do is to put a Niantic manager on a camera for people to identify who they are. I don't <laughs> trust people on the internet. Like I said, I've, it's I've entirely fair. <laughs> so I never ended up meeting them. I'm sure they're very nice. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, this event is happening. It is. It is. Uh, so it, from Thursday, December 8th through Sunday, January 8th, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. local time. Uh, it looks like it's in this like convention center. Uh, yeah. You'll be able to complete field research that will give you Party Hat Pikachu, Party Hat Charmander, Party Hat Bulbasaur, Party Hat Squirtle. If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. Trainers at the PIK, which I think is the convention center name, will get half hatch distance confetti, three times catch XP, special in-game stickers featuring male and female Pikachu, uh, increased chance of 10k eggs, um, and then increased chance of Pikachu in the wild. There will be in-person activities on December 10th. Uh, there will be a Pokemon Go Invitational. Uh, you'll be able to compete with other trainers to win prizes. Uh, apparently that will be live streamed. Oh, that was yesterday. I have no clue if it was. I'm sure it was. Uh, fantastic. I'm sure it was great. And then <laughs> December 17th through 18th, there will be, uh, you can celebrate Community Day there. And then please stay tuned to uh, official Indonesian social networks for more updates. I wonder if this was like the Ultra Beast event where when you walk inside the convention center, they hand you a QR code, you scan it, and then you get the half egg distance, the confetti, the XP. Because I don't know how they would contain that in the convention center. um, I don't think it is. I mean, I watched a video because Zoe's there. I watched a video at looks like the whole city is kind of decked out or at least oh really a large area is oh. decked out in pokemon stuff that there are extra pokestops everywhere it looks super exciting it's like just like geofence the entire area so that as long as you're within those boundaries you can just get access to the uh, the event yeah I, I i would guess um i saw zoe do like a, a race like she was like in a pokemon yeah, like 5k thing. or 10k that or something 
And I was like, I didn't see the outcome. Yeah, that sounded really cool. I know that's a big thing with Disney, not a Disney boy or a Disney adult. Um, I know there are a lot of Disney adults. Uh, Very like you do you. I'm just not a Disney person. But I do know Disney hosts like tons of like 5Ks or 10Ks, right? Where like you like dress up to of like, we're all Cinderella or Ariel or whoever else is the girl from Frozen. Elsa. Elsa? Yeah. Yep. Pokemon should do some more 5Ks. I would love... I didn't think I wanted one. I don't want to run at all, actually. Like, <laughs> But if if there was like a Pokemon 5K in Chicago, I'd be very interested in going and doing it. I've run, I've run a 5K. That was like one of my goals when I was like 25 or 26 was like to run a 5K. And I did it and I felt very good after. Yeah. After the last three years, I'm kind of way more out of shape than i prefer but a 5k isn't that long no is that what a 5k if is you're like someone... three miles bob around that um, yeah don't be the weakest link i mean it's one 5k again no, 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 <laughs> no five, 5k is around three miles yeah it is maybe i'll do that for 2023 maybe i'll do uh do... you know races are expensive though I did the color yeah. run. That was the race I did. I think it was like sixty yeah. bucks, and I was like, "I gotta pay to suffer." If you if you come to if you come to Raleigh, you should. Uh, we have a thing called the uh, like the Krispy Kreme run where you, I'm in. I'm, I'm already in. Listen, you got <laughs> you got a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. You run five miles. Steve, you come down here. I will you know lodge with me. We'll do it together. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've seen a lot of um, my, I, I have uh, my friends Aaron and Cheryl. Uh, Aaron actually very on the podcast like twelve years ago. They do runs all the time, and they 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 always do like beer runs where at the end they give you like a beer. And I'm like, that's the last thing I want to drink after running three miles. Is <laughs> like I don't want to slam a beer. That sounds I don't want to slam a beer when I'm normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mood. Yeah. <laughs> so the Jakarta event is happening. Um, if you're in Indonesia or around the area i guess you got time to travel to it still that's cool good for them too i i I think sometimes like japan gets all these events europe gets all these events uh australia doesn't get anything um new zealand they're just beta testers um it's good to see events in other countries uh, as as go as a worldwide game final bit of go news here is uh there are new sizes introduced in go uh you can discover extra extra small pokemon and extra extra large pokemon pokemon such as puchiena mightyena and mawile have been recently observed with different sizes and your pokedex has been updated to track the sizes um keep a sharp eye out as you will see updated records in your pokedex uh i haven't seen a single puchiena spawn i don't okay niantic <laughs> And then they will actually show the size variation standing next to you, which is really cool. So the example mm-hmm. they show here on the website, PokemonGoLive.com, is a very tiny Puchiana. And then a really actually decently sized Puchiana. It's like mm-hmm. triple the size, honestly. Um, <laughs> size is now tracked in the Pokedex. You'll get a little like message that'll pop up being like, oh, this Pokemon is really big. Which is like, I don't know. That stuff is maybe for hardcore people. They probably don't care. But like. You know, if you play Pokemon Go like once a week or once a month and you're like, oh, I already have a Caterpie. But if I catch this Caterpie, you'll get that little message of like, this Caterpie is huge, <laughs> which I think is like cool. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a bad change. No, I like the animations that, that, that come with it. 
I think it's cool. When I first saw this article, no joke, I thought they meant, oh, you can change your character size. I'm like, yeah, I'm not this thin. <laughs> I'm gonna have a little more, a little more girth around maybe the midsection and a little broader shoulders. Why not? But um, they need more character customization. They have uh, yeah. for a long time. But this does, this does again make me miss, uh, you know, Legends Arceus because like when you have like, the different sizes of Pokemon in the game, you can like put them side by side. You can see them. I really do like how you can go to like, the trainer view and see like a larger Puchiana uh, or a larger version. So I think if you're a collector, this is this is actually pretty cool because you can get different sizes and you can see the different sizes. So nice little touch. I can only imagine like those people that raid for level 100 IV. Groudons or Rayquazas, then they'll be like, "I want a, I want a perfect IV Rayquaza, but I want it to be tiny." I, I'd imagine that that is like something that those players are maybe not not a lot, maybe like point zero zero one percent of them, but like I'd imagine it would be like, "Look at my perfect, lucky, shiny, extremely, extremely tiny Rayquaza floating next to me." I want to see that Rayquaza. Honestly, I would be impressed. Pocket size, pocket size yes. Rayquaza. I'm just confused why they're rolling it out. <laughs> Best reaction. Best reaction. Niantic in a nutshell. You got so many things to work on. And this is what you... Look, I am sure the team working on this, that was their thing. That was their baby. It was an interesting thing to do, but... Yeah. I, I also want to know if it carries over to the main games. That if you get a tiny, tiny Pokemon in Pokemon Go and you transfer it up to home, if then you put it in Arceus or eventually in Scarlet Violet, if it'll still be tiny or good not. Point. That's a good point. I don't know if people have tested that yet. I've been kind of still sucked into Scarlet and Violet. I admittedly haven't <laughs> been in Go as much these days. Same. I, I, the last big, big change that they did, which I think everyone liked, was the change to the Mega System. Where, like, I didn't hear a single complaint, honestly. And I, I remember I met the person who made the Mega... Well, one of the people. It was obviously a team. But she, I met her at uh, St. Louis when I went there for a community day. And it got rained out. And she, she was there. And we talked for a bit. And she, she was like... She, I remember her saying, like, oh, she, like, screenshotted things on Reddit. Because people were actually saying good things about Pokemon Go. And it, like, warmed her heart. And I was like, that's very... So, like, I get it, right? Like, I mean, that was a great change. Yeah, I mean, like, I like it's it's so sometimes sucks being like somebody who creates something. Like, we did that podcast series, and I always know when a podcast hits a new audience because the amount of negative comments increases. Like, I think somebody was like, "Oh, I couldn't stand the guy in the middle, bro." My name was on the screen for two hours, like. <laughs> You could have just wrote Steve. You didn't have to write the guy in the middle. Like, if you, I, I appreciate you listening, but also, like, name is right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> guy in the middle. Like, um, anyways, but like, there's so many positive comments too. Uh, and so, I, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of positive comments about XX small and XXL, but I, I do wonder what she and her team are doing now that the mega thing was done. Cause I remember seeing her again at um, St. Or not St. Louis, um, Seattle at GoFest. And she was like, yeah, we're working on something else and really, really excited. Um, but we can't talk about it. I don't think it's this. Um, Kecleon. Yeah, maybe it's Kecleon. Someday. But like, whatever. <laughs> the only point I'm making is what that team that made Mega, whatever they're working on, 
I hope it's as good as the Mega because that that change was so great. It could have been the um the Gimme Ghoul oh, introduction it could because be that Gimme was Ghoul. a really cool. That was a very cool afternoon evening. Yeah, the Gimme Ghoul stuff was cool, and it worked. It could have been the Zerua stuff, which would have been cool if it didn't break. Yeah, because <laughs> I really I remember seeing New Zealand get that because you know they're beta testers. Uh, and then like people seemed really excited, honestly. And I remember seeing people being like, oh, I'm going to change my buddy for this event because I really want to see this Pokemon spawn everywhere, mm-hmm. which I, I think I was walking with a Sigilith at the time. So I was like, yeah, I, I want to see like 30 Sigiliths around me. I think that would be really cool. And then that event broke. Um, I don't think this broke. I don't, I think it works. I played Pogo yesterday. Seems fine. Okay. One question and then we'll wrap up. Question is, did you buy the eight seven seven ninety nine Keldeo ticket? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Um I You still I got time. Say, you still got time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should get back into a little bit of more go. But then again, I, I didn't buy the mime stuff when it came out also. Mm. Um I I think I save my expenses for like event like like community day stuff like I pay like the ninety nine cents get the storyline and you know do that but uh, yeah no I have I, I didn't do it yet yeah I've thought a little bit more about it since last podcast um I did buy it okay <laughs> I wouldn't recommend most people buy it I also haven't accomplished <laughs> I think anything in it because I've been playing too much Scarlet and Violet and uh running about running errands this week but i do think that more of the reason i i like these things is because i like having something to work towards mm. i like having the goals in game and i like the little story parts because i think those have been getting better however i don't think it should be paid i think there should be reasonable goals to work towards in game uh that you don't have to pay for um and there are plenty but when you when you've gotten to the point where you've run out of field research to work mm-hmm. on or story research to work on that's when i lose track of the game i think that that's one of the things that really makes me excited to play the game i like having something that i can accomplish i like having the little story to get through and so i like having it i will enjoy it when i play it i will eventually get through it and i should probably get through the catch however many fighting types bits today <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i went to mall america to finish my catch challenge for the fighting stuff and then i saw the sizes uh and then i started the keldeo thing but i think one of it was like battle five leaders not rocket leaders just the was it really i thought not not even just team go rocket grunts battle leaders i battled cliff because i have like 20 rocket radars from other events it says battle a team leader three times and it did not count my battle against cliff so i'm assuming that is like the candela yeah that's candela and spark and so yeah i i did not want to do that while walking the mall i felt like that was something i could do on my couch yeah no you can at least for the buddy system you can do those by uh entering the battle and running Oh, okay. Perfect. I could I could have done that at the mall then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'll work that way for this, but for the buddy system that counts. Okay. Cuz I do not want to battle them. 
I can I tell a fun quick story? Yeah, of course. That there is that one platinum badge in Pokemon Go that is train however many times. I think it is 2,000 times that used to be super easy and you used to be able to do it by battling gyms or battling others or something else like that. And then when they introduced the uh, train with your leaders bit, then it was restricted to you can only make progress on this badge by training with the leaders. I finished that badge after years of just having my one set water type team and tapping against Candela. It takes so much time to finish that, and I would not recommend getting that platinum badge to anyone else, but I am so satisfied that I finished it. I am so glad to be done with that badge. I wish I was one of those people that lived on a gym because they have the distinctive advantage to feed berries nonstop. (laughs) It's still so annoying, though. Yeah, it is. is. I, I was living on a gym for the last year until a little while ago, and... I almost never did it. <laughs> it's yeah. just annoying. When they've increased animations, it was so great, but then it made me realize, like, oh, there are other animations that I think are way, way worse than the things you mm-hmm. sped up, like feeding mm-hmm. berries and uh, evolving Pokemon is is also a huge pain. Mm-hmm. Still. It's yep. fine, though. Hey, but we got extra, extra small and extra, extra large. Why would we complain? These features. Those are new medals, too. They're great. You can work towards <laughs> those medals by catching Poochiana. That's <laughs> <laughs> all great. Well, I think that's the end of our show. Uh, hopefully, you guys liked it. Uh, Hannah, thank you for coming back. Bob, thank you for coming back. Uh, if you're confused in the comments who is who on YouTube, one comment, two, our names are on the screen the entire time. Uh, they're right there. Uh, also, the, the Twitter handles are also down there, too, if you're looking to find us on Twitter. Uh, I'll be streaming uh, Scarlet and Violet pretty much all, all this week on Twitch, like I said earlier in the show. Uh, if you do need help for Charizard, um, come on over. I'll, I'll help you out. Just say, hey, came from the podcast, need help on Charizard. A lot of great people uh, in the community that can help you out. Myself will help you out. I'll just be great. Like, I love the Charizard raids because they have so much candy. Um, mm. and I'm very into that, uh, cause then you can get more Pokemon to level 100. Super, super into that. Uh, we will also be doing a charity stream this Friday, the 16th for trans empowerment. Uh, so, uh, I don't think trans, uh, trans folks get enough love. And so we're going to be raising money for them. So if you would like to donate or just stop by having the stream open also supports the charity. Um, so yeah. Uh, just twitch.tv slash pkmncst. That's this Friday. Uh, probably start like uh, four or five in the afternoon and just go for the evening. Probably just doing Charizard raids and raising money for trans empowerment. So super excited. That'll be our last charity of the year. I try to do four charities every year. So this is the last one. Community Day is this weekend. Uh, so if you miss some shinies, 17th and 18th will be Community Day. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll probably go out for at least the Saturday one since we record on Sundays. And then finally, uh, besides streaming a lot, videos out, podcast series done, if you want to listen to that, just a small apology if you're listening to the gym leader one, we do talk about the team star reveal in the gym leader one, so I didn't really think of it at the time, but if you skipped all of team star and went right to the gym leader one, uh, there are spoilers for the the team star, so my, my apology on that. 
I would prefer, like, ideally, in my head, I was like, oh, you're going to listen to them in this order. But I didn't think of people being like, I'm going to listen to Titans and then skip Team Star and listen to Gym Leaders and then go back to Team Star. So there's there's some Team Star spoilers in the Gym Leader version of that mini episode. Also, I will be streaming on probably both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So if you do not have family or friends or a significant other to hang out with on Christmas, being alone in the holidays absolutely sucks. So I will be live at least some time on both of those days, probably eight hours or so. Uh, if you need somebody to hang out with on those days, still two more episodes for the year, the 19th and the 26th every Monday. We're not taking any breaks. There will still be a, uh, there will still be an episode the day after Christmas. There will be still be an episode the day after New Year's. So I know that's a question every single year is if we're taking any days off. We are not missing a Monday. If I got hit by a truck, I would call Will up and I would say, Will... <laughs> I need you to finish the episode and publish it, and Will would probably do that, I am sure. And then hopefully something good is written on my tombstone. Anyways, Hannah, Bob, thank you for thank you for uh, hanging out. Thank you for talking. Uh, we will be back next week. This is another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. It is time to celebrate the 1,000th Pokemon Golden Go. Super effective. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. If you would like to support our show and what we do here, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. A huge shout out to our producers who support our show, starting with Jessica, K, Matthew, Sean, Stephen, Anthony, Brian, Gray, Josh, Casey, Catherine, Bovine, Nate, Ryan, and Stuart. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Brady and Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting our show. We'll be back next week. If you too would like to support our show, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And we will see you guys next time.